fear God. And that's also the, the revelation of God and every revival I've ever read about. The revelation that God is a God worthy of fear has always been the catalyst to great moves of repentance and great moves. Like firstly, the church repents. The church has to get right with God. Because if the church is unclean, how can it be a witness? So the church has to get right with God. The church has got to get down on its knees. The church has got to say, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. A dirty, rotten sinner. If I know you, I know the truth of Scripture, and I still sin. So I'm a worse sinner than those out there that don't know the truth. Isn't that right? Who's going to be held more accountable if you're still sinning like the world and you know the truth? You're in trouble. Because the truth should set you free. And if it's not setting you free, you've got to question your Christianity. What's got to happen inside me now? What's got to happen inside every one of you? Paul called himself the worst of sinners. Tell me if you've worked harder than Paul. Tell me if you've done more for the kingdom of God than the Apostle Paul. Was the Apostle Paul the greatest of apostles? The greatest of apostles, the worst of sinners. And that's the only way I can explain that is the closer you get to God, the more He reveals the sin that is in you and then you have to get right before God because God is light. And as you come into the light, your sin is exposed. You see your shameful nakedness, your wretchedness, your pitifulness, your nakedness, your poor, how poor you are and how much you need to repent. And uh, Ben, why don't you come up here? Ben's from Queensland. Who knows Ben? Yep. yep. Terrific fella. Love him. Now, Ben's been um, back at his church, and his church is a little bit bigger than this. Um, probably similar size, maybe a little bit bigger now. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he went away to uh, Brazil, Brazil. and when he got back, they're, they're having a move of God. In the, in the church and he said the difference from when he left to when he came back was astounding um, the presence of God was so heavy thick in that place and so what I want you to pray for I want you to pray for a, a transferring of the anointing from what's going on there down here because you're, you're sort of that connection between the two churches so could you pray for us and just yeah, ask do God mind, to do you mind if I just share a little bit yeah, yeah. hang on uh, <laughs> this one there you go Oh, one, two. Yeah. yeah, praise God. I mean, um, as you guys know, I was in Brazil and um, I heard, I was hearing things, you know, about what the Lord was doing in our church when I was over there. And um, I was really excited to to get back and um, Claudia as well. And actually, we went on a camp. We had a camp um, the weekend that we got back. It was this Easter weekend. And actually, uh, uh, Kath was there. Um, so she's um, from Adelaide, but uh, her sister uh, comes to our church. And so that's uh, brought, invited them to come along this morning. 
But um, you know what the Lord did was, um, you know, it, it's not about um, you know things that we can think of to try and make the presence of the Lord come. You know, it's about going back to the basics. And what the Lord really um, showed to the to our congregation is about prayer and about seeking God with all of our hearts, because um, that's where that's where everything. Um, it's the, it's the center point, you know. Is are we seeking God? Are we going to pray? Are we going to humble ourselves before the living God? Because we can come to church week after week and we can go through the motions, but that's not what God's interested in, you know. God wants all of our hearts. We all have the Holy Spirit, and I hope we all do. But we all have the Holy Spirit, you know. And um, so we need to. We do need to pray, and it, it, it comes down to the individual, you know, your own prayer life. It's, that's where it starts first and foremost. You know, if you're not seeking God, then God's not going to be able to move in the church. So if you're seeking God, that's first. And then, of course, we need to come together as a, as a congregation and seek God because and there was an analogy that was given at, at the camp. Sorry if I'm not taking too much time, but there was an analogy that was given. I found it so amazing. Um, it was actually to do more with salvation, but I think it relates to us in general. And um, this brother from, from Melbourne uh, got up there with a bottle of water and he asked um, a girl in the audience, said, um, would you give everything that you own for this bottle of water? And she said, oh, of course not. And then he asked her, so just imagine you'd been in the desert for three days and you hadn't had a drink and you are about to die of uh, dehydration. And I asked you the same question with the same bottle of water. What would you would you give everything for this bottle of water? And she said, "Of course." And I think that's what we need to realize is that in this life, all we have is Christ. His Spirit is like that that bottle of water, and we need to desire that bottle every day because if we don't have that, our, our nothing that we do is going to matter. And you know what? We have it really easy in this in this Western civilization. We have everything given to us. And I, the way that I think about it, it's like we're in that desert, right? But we see we're in this oasis, okay? But what we don't realize is that oasis is actually a mirage. It doesn't exist. And so we still really do need that water. But this this world is giving us the illusion that we've got everything. You know, we have nothing. The only thing that really matters is Christ, and we we should be desiring Christ. Like we design that bottle in the desert, you know, every day, and that's what that's what's going to be required because, you know, the thing that the Lord showed me is is the the, the parable of the ten virgins, right? The five foolish and the five wise virgins, and it's in Matthew twenty-five. You should read it and understand what Christ is talking about because this is about end times, and there was five foolish virgins that they didn't have oil in their lamp. Now, the thing is, is that they were virgins. They weren't prostitutes. They weren't doing a lot of the things like the world. They were keeping themselves for Christ, for the bridegroom that was coming. But they didn't have the oil in their lamps. And the, when the, the five wise ones had, and when the time came, and they said the bridegroom's coming, go out to meet him. And they, it was the dark, right? They needed to light their, their lamps. And they didn't have the oil. They got taken by surprise. They knew that the bridegroom was coming. But they didn't have the oil in their lamps because that oil is the Holy Spirit. And that's our relationship with God. And it's that seeking that we have to keep desiring, Lord, fill my cup. Keep giving me that oil every day. 
And so the only ones that made it in the end were the five wise ones. And the other five, that they had to go away. And by the time they came, they were knocking on the door. And the answer was, I do not know you. And that's the time. It's a, it's a, it's a picture of the end times that we're living in. Those who do not get, gather the oil while, this, the, the time is at, while we're able to, they will miss out. And we cannot be those who miss out. So let's seek the Lord together. And I really, I, I can't say enough about prayer. You know, if we don't pray... It's, we, can't, we, don't, we have no unity in the Spirit. And that's what Christ prayed for. He prayed in John 17, Lord, make them one as you have made you and I are one. And if we're not one, if we're not one and unified in prayer, then we're not going to survive as a body. You know? So um, with that said, I'll, I'll, I'll say a prayer. And... <laughs> Father God, we... We're so thankful, Lord, that we can come into your house this morning, Lord God. Mm, yes, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you are so faithful to us, Lord God. And Lord, we don't deserve what you have given to us, Lord. But Lord, you love us, Lord. You care about us, Father, and you desire us to be near to you, Lord. You desire our hearts to yearn after you, Father God. We see the examples in your word where Israel, they would come to you, and then they would go away from you. Then they would come in repentance to you, and then they would go away from you, Lord. We want to be those who come to you, Father God, who call upon the name of the living God, who ask for a fresh anointing, Lord, of your spirit, Father God. And I pray, Lord, what you have done in the church up in Brisbane, Lord God, that you would bring a fresh fire, Lord. Lord, as the, the day of Pentecost, Father God, when they were all praying as one, Lord, they had to pray. They spent all night praying that you would come and you came, Lord, in your spirit and you anointed them and you sent them out into the world. They preached they, they, they saw people saved. They saw miracles happening, Lord. And Father God, ultimately, those, most of those people had to die in the end, Lord. But they did it anointed by your Spirit, Lord God. And it was a witness. It was, it was a witness to this world that there is a true and living God. And the kingdom is not of this world. It is coming. Yes. It, is, it is within us now, but it is still to come, Lord. And we have to bear witness of that, Father God. So, Lord, anoint, this, anoint us, Father God. Mm. We call upon you, Lord, in humility. Lord, we, we, we have nothing, Lord. There is nothing good in us, Lord God, except you, Lord. So let us desire you as that bottle of water, Lord. Let us not forget this, Lord. Let us not grow weary of doing good, Lord. For we know that there will be a great reward for those who seek after you, Lord. In your kingdom, Father God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Just stay in that attitude of prayer. Let's all pray together. Let's pray for the Holy Spirit to move in this meeting. Just everyone pray out loud together if we could. Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit will move in this meeting. Holy Spirit, just touch each and every heart. Let's really lift up prayer, guys. Let's lift it up to the Lord. Lord, we need your Spirit here today. Holy Spirit, we need you here. Without you, Holy Spirit, without you, we can do nothing. Yes, be glorified in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, come upon us, Holy Spirit. Come upon this meeting, come upon us as a people, Lord Jesus. Come upon us, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, just move among us, move among us by your body. Let's pray for 
souls to come to know Jesus. You know, we are only here for one reason and one reason alone. The moment you get saved, it's all about souls. Amen. It's all about seeing people come to know Jesus Christ. And if we're not seeing people come to know Jesus Christ, it's for two reasons. One is we don't pray. And two is we don't tell. We've got to pray and tell. Amen. So let's pray. Firstly, that we ourselves will start to talk to people, that we ourselves will start to pray, and then pray also that souls will come to know Jesus, that he will start preparing hearts for us. Let's pray for that. Let's pray for revival. Let's pray that people will come under the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We want, to, we want people to not just come to church, but we want people to come to church and have an encounter with God. We don't want them to come and have an encounter with man and man's you know, uh, efforts. We want them to come and sincerely meet with Him. Amen. Let's pray for that kind of revival to take place in this church and in this city and in all the cities of Australia, in Queensland, and that the revival also at Ben's church will continue to thrive. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for going on it. The cause of this ministry is continuing its being impact and reducing the frontiers of the cause of the Christ begins to move to have an impact in other states and other churches. Thank you. The growth that happens in this place and this place, not just this place, but all your churches. Get a sense of what they need to do as a Christian. That it's not just about rocking up, it's about living, living out the house. Thank you. Pray that none of us get in the way of that chance to bring it about. Of course, whatever you will be, let that be done. Thank you. Send me, Lord. Yes, send me. Lord, we need your spirit, Father Lord. 
Lord, do a work in us, Lord. Let us, let us seek you in our, in, our, in our secret prayer life, Lord. Let us not be slain, God. Hear our cries, Lord, for your, for your mercy, Lord God. We have, we have we're constantly going away in our hearts with you, Lord. We, we constantly go after the things of this world, Lord God. So let us lay them all on the altar so that we can gain Christ, Lord, in everything. See that in us, Lord. See that this, this person is different. I've seen other people that go to church. I've seen people who say that they know Christ. But this man is different. This woman is different. These people are different. What is different about them? Lord, do a revival, Lord God. We know that you're able. We've seen, we've read the stories, Lord. We saw in the in the day of Pentecost, three thousand souls get saved, Lord God. We know that you are able, Lord. You you need your people to be willing to do that. Send us out in might and power, Lord God. Lord, Lord, let us have a prayer meeting in this church, Father God. How can we be a church if we don't have a prayer meeting, Lord? Lord, this must grieve your heart, Father God. Put us a desire in our hearts to meet as a body, Lord, even just an hour a week, Lord God. Lord, you desire more than that, Lord God. And let us just start with what we can give to you, Lord. Let us not be desiring anything else in this world, Lord, Father God. Lord, have mercy on us, Lord. You're a glorious God. And Lord, humble every single soul in this church, Lord. Humble us all so that we can come before you. Humble us so that, Lord, you can look upon us. Lord, I pray for a, a real change in all of our hearts that we'll start to, as, a, as, as the word says, as a deer pants for water, that we will pant we will uh, thirst for, for God. That will thirst for you in such a way, Lord, that we'll lay hold of you. That we'll get catch you, Lord. That your presence will be in this place. That your presence will live in each and every one of us continuously. And that uh, the power of God will be seen in this church. And Lord, we'll start to see things take place that the early church saw take place continually. We'll start to see the miraculous. We'll start to see the power of God displayed through healings and miracles of all kinds, Lord, and words of prophecy and, and uh, just incredible manifestations of your spirit, Lord. And, Lord, I want the real thing. I'm sick of playing church. I'm sick of church as usual. And uh, I know every single person here is like that too. We want the real thing. What happened on the day of Pentecost, we want it here. And what happened once the church took off in those days, we want that to happen here too, Lord. And so, Lord, do what you must in us and cause us to become a people that uh, you can bless, a people that you can pour out your spirit upon and a people that you can trust with the anointing. And, Lord, we pray that you can entrust Blessed Hope Chapel with uh, many souls that will come to know you as Lord and Saviour. And we'll see many souls coming into the kingdom. And that we'll uh, uh, travail for them. That these souls, will, that the spirit of prayer will come upon us to such a degree that we will be in labour for souls, Lord. That it will be, we'll travail until we see souls birthed in this place, Lord. Because as your word says, we must be born again. 
to receive the kingdom of heaven. And Lord, we want to see souls born again in this church. Fully converted, Lord. Full disciples. Ready to lay down their life for you. Excuse me. Nothing worse than having to sneeze but <laughs> during prayer. All right. With that, I'll, I'll take that as a close. Does that put an end to that? Prayer. Oh. Amen. Yeah, I didn't sneeze. See, I could have just... Um, thank you. Thank you. How was everyone? Yeah. Keep praying. Keep that spirit, you know, here. Keep, and when I say that spirit, keep the spirit. Here. Keep the Holy Spirit here with power. Keep your minds filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, while I'm speaking, run past God at all times. You know what I mean? Have God in you. So that, um, you know, we're not just listening. It's not, this is not a school in a sense of like school is. It's not education. You're not coming here for education. You're coming here to grow. Mm -hmm. Coming here to be changed and transformed. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. We've got to be. You know, genuine converts in Christ. And you know, the hardest job, in, in my opinion, one of the hardest jobs is to pastor the people of God. You think about it. And I've said this, and those of you that have been here for a while will have heard me say it. I repeat myself a bit. Sometimes you need repetition, amen? You don't get good on the piano without repetition. So it's like that in the spiritual life. You've got to hear it and hear it and hear it. And if you stop hearing it, guess what? We forget you know, I know people that have got really good, 10 years on the piano, really, really good, and then they don't play for five years. And guess what they feel like when they get back on the piano? feel like beginners. I feel like, what happened to all that knowledge and all those abilities that I had? It goes. happens in the Christian life. This is why we need church. We need church every week because we need to be filled. And so the, the largest burden that's on me is you guys. How am I going to feed you the right way Serve it up to in such a way that is going to help you to grow as a people. And it's a challenge. It's a real challenge. And, you know, the most responsible job on the earth at the moment would be a surgeon, wouldn't it? Someone who, you know, has to uh, put a, a new heart in someone. You know, they've got a heart transplant. You imagine the responsibility. Would that surgeon feel it? Yeah, you know, so. especially with the family outside? Yeah. You know, standing there going, man, don't you mess up, fella. <laughs> You've got a really responsible job here. That's my wife in there. You do the right thing. Don't mess it up. Don't connect the wrong tubes. Are you in big trouble? Mm. Is that a responsible job? Yes. Surgery of all kinds. Brain surgery. How responsible is that? It's yeah. a heavy, heavy burden. Mm. But you know what? How much more is the responsibility of someone who's going to save your soul through what they say and keep you in the kingdom of heaven forever. You know, a heart surgeon will just give you life in this life. But the next life, he can't help you with that. But a a spiritual surgeon gives you promise for both this life and the next life. Amen? That's heavy responsibility. How important is that, guys? How important is that? How important is your... Christian life? This is the question. How important is it to you guys that um, you live the Christian life out the way you should live it out? You know, come to church, hear the message, go home, do nothing with it the whole week, and then come back the next week, hear the message, go home, do nothing with it all week. 
you know, that's you know, that's a tremendous burden on me to know if that happens. I don't know if that happens, but guys, I want you to realize that this Christian life is the, the truth. There is no greater truth. You name me one other faith out there that has a risen Lord. Where's Muhammad? Dead. Dead where? In the ground. Where's Buddha? Dead. In the ground. Where's the masters of the Sikh religion? Dead. In the ground. Where's the Hindu gods? They say they're up there. No. The Hindu gods are demons that they worship. You look at the statues. What do they look like? Demons. They've got demon faces. They're worshipping demons. And how many? 330 million. 330 million. They're trying to actually name them all too. They've got this wall of something like that. They're trying to get all the names down. And every cow's a god. You know, there's gods everywhere. In, 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 in India and places where they worship the Hindu gods. But is that the truth? Or is that a lie? And you do any any remote study on that and it's it's a fairy tale. What about atheism? Where's atheism going to get a man or a woman? According to the Bible, where? What does the, what does the Bible say? A fool says in his heart, what? There is no God. That there is no God. A fool. <coughs> How can we have just appeared by chance? How could all this just be by chance? Which is what the atheists believe. That's foolishness to think that. Something so brilliantly designed, something so brilliantly made, is just chance. Chance alone. That's foolishness at the highest level. And the most educated people in the world are fools. Another another word for fools. Idiots. Because they know in their heart of heart that God is the truth. But they will squash it down. They will keep it from rearing up and, and bringing conviction on them. They don't want to answer to a holy God. They don't want... God to make them change so that they can't indulge in all their sinful activities. They don't want want a God that's going to keep them from drinking in excess. They don't want a God that's going to say, hey, you shouldn't watch that thing on YouTube or on on a video or on TV or whatever. They don't want a God that's going to hold them accountable. But is God real? Is God the truth? Absolutely. You know what? God has to be. The fact that I can look at you, Anthony, and say how brilliant you are as a design, and you're a brilliant person. (laughs) Beautiful. You know, we're beautifully designed. Wonderfully. Fearfully. It says fearfully and wonderfully made. Why did he say the word fearfully? Because it's evidence that God exists. Amen. Fear. Hear. The fear of God is what? The beginning of wisdom. You can't even have wisdom unless you fear God. It's only the beginning. You're a baby in, in, in wisdom. You're a baby in wisdom just by fearing God. And you know what? There's a huge move in the church at the moment that tells you, why should I fear God or love? Because He's also a God that judges. He's also a judge. Say, say you did something really, really terrible. And you pulled up in court. 
and there's the judge up there and he's going to decide what's going to happen with you. Would you be fearing that judge? You'd be fearing him. And that's just a man. He only can throw you into, into, the, into jail or at the worst, you know, uh, put you on the electric chair or something. That's the worst you can do. But what does Jesus say? Fear him who after the killing of the body has the power to throw you into where? Hell. I tell you, fear him. Fear him. Jesus said that. We should fear God. And what does the fear of God do? Will keep us from sin, it says. Keep us from sinning. Because when you fear God, you know, you're thinking of doing some sinful activity and then you get the fear of God comes over you. You won't do it. Keeps you. Keeps you in Him. Keeps you from grieving the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fear Him. Fear God. And that's also the, the revelation of God and the, every revival I've ever read about. The revelation that God is a God worthy of fear has always been the catalyst to great moves of repentance and great moves. Like, firstly, the church repents. The church has to get right with God. Because if the church is unclean, how can it be a witness? So the church has to get right with God. The church has got to get down on its knees. The church has got to say, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. A dirty, rotten sinner. If I know you, I know the truth of Scripture, and I still sin. So I'm a worse sinner than those out there that don't know the truth. Isn't that right? Who's going to be held more accountable if you're still sinning like the world and you know the truth? You're in trouble. Because the truth should set you free. And if it's not setting you free, you've got to question your Christianity. What's got to happen inside me now? What's got to happen inside every one of you? Because Paul feared God. Paul called himself the worst of sinners. Tell me if you've worked harder than Paul. Tell me if you've done more for the kingdom of God than the Apostle Paul. Was the Apostle Paul the greatest of apostles? The greatest of apostles, the worst of sinners. And that's the only way I can explain that is the closer you get to God, the more He reveals the sin that is in you and then you have to get right before God because God is light. And as you come into the light, your sin is exposed. You see your shameful nakedness, your wretchedness, your pitifulness, your nakedness, your poor, how poor you are and how much you need to repent. And you know... Uh, the seven churches of, uh, in, in the book of Revelation uh, have many applications, but I believe one of them is they, 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 in a sense, parallel with, with some periods in history. And that the Laodicean church is the last. And does the present church reflect the, the warnings that it needs from the church of Laodicea? And they, you know, that for pitiful, wretched, pitiful, naked and poor, blind. You know, so that's, in a sense, that's us. And we've just got to say, thank you, Lord, for the rebuke. Think of it this way. Wouldn't it be better to, to get every, like, to, 
to get humiliated or to get um, uh, told, uh, told all your, your problems in your life and get offended, and, but then face up to them and get them right now, then get to heaven and then God himself judges you. You know, God, God's called me, in a sense, to, and he's put this heavy burden on me to make sure that I say what has to be said. And he's always told me, don't hold back. Say it from the pulpit, even if people run the other direction. It's got to be said, because I'm going to be held accountable if I don't say it. Does that make sense? Yes. You know, but if I say it and, you know, people accept it or reject it, you know, I'm, my, my hands are clean in a sense. I've, I've done what I've got to do, but then I've just got to worry about myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that I don't become a hypocrite. Preach one thing and do another. Because then there's great judgment for me. Who knows it's going to be heavily, I'm going to be heavily, uh, more strictly judged yes. than those that don't assume this responsibility. Yes. And I fear for current pastors. I fear for current pastors. I fear for the church because the Word of God says that you know um, there's that even if uh, if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than what we preached to you, let them be what eternally condemned. <laughs> So if, if a gospel is getting preached, if you're under a gospel that is not the truth, if it's not teaching you to be holy, if it's not teaching you to lay your life before God and repent and to, to, um, uh, to walk in righteousness at all times, you know, etc., etc., you know my teaching now. If it's not teaching that, then that's another gospel. That's another gospel. If, if, if the gospel that you're getting taught is that you're a wonderful person all the time, you know, you are wonderful people, but when you hear, what is it? It's about who? It's about him, isn't it? It's about him. It's not about how good we are, actually. It's about how, you know, sinful we are and how we've got to lay our life down. And you know what? There's, uh, I've, I've heard from different ministers. I think it was Paul Washer who I was listening to one day, and he said he walked into a church. I can't remember which country he was in, but he went into a church and he walked among a people that he had never experienced before. And these people were more sold out to God than any congregation he's ever walked in in his life. These people lived and breathed the gospel. They were pure, holy Christians. And he said the presence of God around these people was astounding. And he felt nearly dirty walking among them. And who knows Paul Washer's ministry? Now that's saying something. Because <laughs> I call him, you know... Paul's going to wash you when you listen to Paul. <laughs> and here he is, the washer himself, feeling dirty. You know, because of, of the level of holiness in the people. So those people would probably get a different message from God than what I'm preaching right now. I'm not saying you guys aren't holy. I think you are. But I think God wants us to go to a higher level. Amen. Because whatever is happening in us, is not cutting it in the eyes of God at present. Does that make sense? Does that put pressure? Yeah, a little bit. Sorry. But do we need it? Do we need it a little bit? The same precious sort of stuff? Yeah. And you know what? What first step along the line is that if you're willing to hear it, if you're willing to submit to not to me, please, to the teaching. Submitting to the gospel. Because if I'm teaching the true gospel, submit to the true gospel. Yeah. If I'm not teaching something that's not in the gospel, come and share it with me what I'm, where I'm going wrong. Yeah. 
Um, other than that, submit to it. Because it's the truth. And the truth will what? Set you free. Set us free. And do we need to be set free? Who wants to go to a higher level than God? Yeah? We, we have to go to a higher level than God. We've got to go. We, we should be going from glory to glory to glory, glory, and then we enter into the kingdom of heaven. And we've got to enter in. We've got to be that close that we walk with God and then like, like Enoch was taken away. Why? Why? Because he was righteous. And he was... It, basically, you think of this. He, he walked with God and then he was no more because God took him away. He, he entered in. The reason he was taken away was because he was so heavenly minded. He was so full of heaven. He was so much in the presence of God that God said... Enoch, you're pretty well here all the time now. You never go back to earth. Just stay here. And Enoch would have said, well, what about my family and that? Don't worry, I'll look after them. But you're you're here all the time and I like you being here. Stay here. And do we want to walk that close? Can we walk that close? Absolutely. And you know what? If we start to walk that close with God, look out Adelaide. Look out Adelaide. Look out all your friends. You know, stuff's going to happen. Amen. Who would love to see? Who would like to be able to speak to someone and see them give their heart to Jesus? Yeah? Yeah, we, we've got a, a witnessing team. We go out witnessing on, uh, well, we couldn't go yes, I was, I was just too flat out. How, did you guys end up? No, no. Sorry. sorry, I took the liberty of putting your name down no, if, right. if you wanted to. Um, but next Saturday we'll, we're going out. Amen. Yeah? Boys? Yep. Yeah. And um, and we we the, the main reason we're going out there, the only reason is because we want souls to come into the kingdom of heaven. We want to bring people from not knowing Jesus to knowing Jesus. And uh, it's I, I I pray for the day when the, the power of God is so much on us that as we go out and we start to share with the gospel with someone, that we can bring a complete atheist to their knees by the Spirit. And at the end of that period of time that we're talking to them, they're, they're giving their hearts to Jesus, weeping before a holy God. Has that happened in history? Has people done that in history? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's loads of people that have done that in history. And the funny thing is, is we, we seem to think that, oh, well, those Christians were different Christians. These, these guys, you know, they were full on. They were like, they had the time to be Christian at that level, you know. You know, God specially anointed them. But you know what? Every single person can walk as close or closer to God than any of those men and women that went before us that could do that. Amen? So it's not out of reach. What it is, is it's like uh, Ben shared, you know, with that bottle of water. Do we thirst? Do we thirst for Christ? Are we thirsting for Him? Do we wake up and go, oh God, I just love you so much and I just want to, I wish I had the whole day free so I could just pray to you all day long? Or do we wake up and just do everything else except seek God? Do we go through the day and not give Him a thought? Get to the end of the day and give Him a quick prayer and get in the bed? Can days go by and God is second place, third place, fourth place, bottom of the list? You know, if I asked any of you, who's the most important thing in your life? You'll say, God, you put them right at the top. But how does it play out? Usually plays out. God is usually down 
somewhere lower. In a normal Christian. But in revival, when God's getting a hold of the people, where's God? He's at the top. How does it play out? He's at the top. Are you finding that, Ben? God's more and more in, right in front of you. Yeah. And that's how it's got to be with us. So I'm just I'm, I'm beseeching you today. Please pray. Please ask God to start to move in you. And by the way, we're resuming Wednesday night prayer meetings here. Um, thanks for that rebuke, Ben. Appreciate it. But I already, already set that in my heart anyway. Um, yes, you can. My heart's racing. I'm not 100% sure if I meant to share it. Okay. Do you want to come up here? As you were talking about going out and witnessing, I shared with Ben earlier about, I saw a, a Bruno Mars poster, mm-hmm. and um, he's very, appears very innocent, mm-hmm. um, but he's full of wickedness, yep. he's by the devil, and yep. um, I just, my heart goes out for all the teenagers, because I know I'll probably be into his music if I was young, because mm-hmm. I love him. Mm-hmm. I love now I listen to Keith Green. But yeah, and I, you said you go out and witness, and I'm not saying you go out to Bruno Mars and hand out tracks there if he's performing soon, because I'm assuming he is with the he's coming right soon, yeah. But he's full of idolatry, the gold mm. bracelets and the gold mm. chains that hang around his neck. Um, <coughs> all the people that I've witnessed to, the street are backslidden Christians and they're young teenagers yeah, yeah, that think they know the Lord yeah, yeah. and God used me to speak to two girls at the Taylor Swift concert okay. and um, yeah just um, be, be warned with that sort of thing because it's so enticing and it's um, corrupting. I had to check whether I was going there for the right reasons mm. just to you know cry whatever um, loving the world still. So, um, and and another thing too, uh, I would never do this normally. Get up and share like this and interrupt you. Yeah. Um, but at the church that we're at, we we have like an open forum that starts the church, and then they do a sermon. And um, I just felt to to say that that maybe in the future you might do that. Um, it, it gives people an opportunity to share what God's been doing on their hearts and it holds them accountable, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes. thank you so thank, much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your, um, uh, everything you just said. Yeah, um, watch, uh, uh, Joe Shimmel, I think, did something on Bruno Mars. Yes, I saw it. Did he you? Had, he had me see it. Okay, yeah. I know, and I'm not sure whether I meant to... Brisbane, but if it was just to share that here, yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, we'll just be, be warned about um, all these worldly performers mm-hmm. and, and just what they stand for. Yes. You know, what are they going to do in us? You know, and uh, I grew up, you know, through an era of rock and you know, when I, I was into all that music, and I don't listen to it much anymore. I still, it's funny, you know, you know, music, you hear something and ah, oh, you get attracted to it, but you know, oh, hang on, it's dark. Um, so we've, we've got to be harder on ourselves. We've all got to clean up in a lot of areas. Um, but Bruno Mars is a real problem because he, he speaks so derogatorily about women. Um, and he's, he, he basically sees them as sex objects. 
And he says that in his music, that that's what women are for. It's for his pleasure, in a sense. So watch the Joe Schimmel. And, and you should come out of it, hopefully, thinking, there's no way I want to go and see that, you know, that guy. That's, he's, he's not a nice bloke. If he wasn't so good looking, he'd be a creep. And he still is a creep, even though he's good looking. But you know what I mean? It'd be a sort of a, a creep that you, if he was your next door neighbour and he, you, and he spoke the way he sings, you would be really creeped out by him. Um, but uh, I'm going to try now to, to do... How much time have I got? Oh, it's right on 11.30. Um, one minute sermon. <laughs> one minute sermon. No, I won't even try my sermon. So I didn't get to speak my sermon. Thanks, man. <laughs> I don't have to prepare anything for next week now, so I've got a week off. So. Thanks. Um, now, anyone need prayer today? Yeah? We all need prayer. Yeah. All right, well, everyone up the front. <laughs> um, I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to close the meeting, but also I'm going to be here just to pray for people. So if you want to come up and get some prayer, and uh, there'll be a few of us around, Andy and Sharon and and Matthew, Lauren, you know, a number of us will, will all come up and, and, and pray for you. So I want us to sort of, uh, sort of take this time at the end of this message just to sort of pray things through. You know, you might need, uh, you might need prayer about, you know, where you're standing with God. You might want to know that you're in the right place with God, that you actually truly are born again, that you're truly saved. You don't want to just think you know you are. You want to know that you are. Amen. Can we have that, um, that knowledge of knowing with absolute certainty that we're saved? You can. Yeah, it's, uh, and and it's a witness, inner witness, isn't it? So anyone who needs to know that, if you're still unsure that you, you, you're going through life and you just don't feel like you've, you, you, know, you, you believe this stuff, but something's not changing inside, then come up and see me and we'll pray. Um, you might have problems in your life that you need prayer for. You know, all sorts of things. So I'm just going to be available now as we close the meeting. So let me close in prayer. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. We we just uh, thank you for this time. I thank you for Ben's witness. And it's Vicky, isn't it, Vicky? Yeah, sorry. I just want to make sure I got your name right. Um, and thank you for what Vicky had to say to us. Um, and thank you for everything that's just happened, the move of your spirit. And Lord, you had a different sermon in mind for today. So uh, thank you that... Uh, you have made us all sensitive to your spirit this morning. I pray that this uh, move of the spirit will continue in this church and that uh, something will break in all of us and we'll want to pray. That the prayer meeting will be the most well-attended meeting of the week. Um, I know Ben says nearly everybody in his church attends the prayer meeting. And, uh, and Lord, we want, to see, we want to see some real changes take place so that our prayer meeting becomes... A, uh, a powerful time together where we uh, can pray and lift up your name and uh, pray for those souls that are, uh, uh, if they don't get to know you before they die, we know according to the word of God that they're not going to have salvation, that they're going to be eternally lost. And Lord, help this uh, knowledge to burden us to the point where we start to um, pray more, we start to seek you more, and we start to do everything in our power to see that your name is glorified on this planet while we live. Help us to make the most of this short life. As Stephen was saying, how the revelation that's come to him is how short life is and how, much, how little time we have to do such a momentous task. 
of getting people and, and uh, saved and and Lord, there's so many souls out there that don't know you, and it's not until you go out witnessing that you realise that the bulk of people are lost, Lord. The bulk of people do not know you as Lord and Saviour. So uh, help us to start taking this seriously, our Christian walk seriously, so that we can start to see major changes take place in this church and in this community that we live with. So Lord, bless this time now, and I pray that your spirit really moves as we uh, start to pray. And, um, and seek you now. And I pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus.